Change that later. Uh, you know, G-U-P. I, we have uh, Guppy. I'm gonna say we because it's, it's most people within it. Uh, we have videos, Bible studies, and now we're doing our podcast at this point. So, um, right. from what did this concept become born? So, I was talking with a young man named Jerome Cole, right? Because oh, no. <laughs> that's really honestly, it wasn't even my idea. Uh, but it was an idea that was presented that I actually liked. So uh, the idea is that uh, when it comes to uh, more men in general, especially young men, um, there aren't a lot of, like, there are influences out there, but there aren't a lot of influences when it comes to talking about our mental growth or spiritual growth. And so we, there are podcasts out there, quote unquote, but the the... I guess the biggest one and most influential out now is who T.D. Jakes. Right. And that's kind of outside our generation in a sense. Like, just for me, like, for example, my first time hearing a T.D. Jakes sermon was last week. You know, I've never actually heard him preach. So, there isn't a lot of... Uh, that's crazy. No, yeah. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. I, I heard Bishop Jakes when I was a young man. I actually been to one of his sermons. Um, and that was another thing. So, anywho... I think I was scrolling through a whole bunch of podcasts, and I just did not see a a young African American male, uh, Christian, you know, zillennial podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot of podcasts uplifting women, right? Of course, up from but, from that particular generation right, or that yeah. generation intermix, but no one else from no men. So I think. I think men's opinions are often overlooked, especially our emotions. And I thought the podcast would be a very creative way to do that. Yeah. So. Any comments? No, you guys are doing great. Yeah. I'll I'll speak when when Spoken when the to. Lord uh, <laughs> gives me utterance. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. Well, we ask that the Holy Spirit comes during this time and uh, blesses this session. So, um, but um, we're not gonna get churchy on no. everyone and, and we're gonna um, always disagree uh we're we're <laughs> going to really talk about growth and so it does it does include mental and spiritual and we may even get into physical growth as well but uh today we're really diving more into some mental growth topics so like different topics that we kind of don't really talk about usually just amongst each other so um got got a couple uh the first one we're going to go into is uh, black and white thinking versus gray area thinking is so um to kind of go into what that means black and white it's one way or the other way there's no in between there's not any anything else that makes its way it's either right or wrong um you know you're either good or bad you know it's it's yes or no whereas the gray area there's when you take into consideration uh okay well this was in play, all right, well, they're, you know, they went through this, so that could have been a reason, or, you know, that's kind of like how empathizers think, or just, you, you take in consideration more than just the white or the black, you know, so that's kind of what that means, and so uh, we're going to get into, we have a couple questions, so the first one, uh, what, well, I guess to you guys, Grand. if you have any different definitions to yourself, you know, what do you consider the black and white area? In the gray area. Ooh. 
Oh, go you first. Good I mean, honestly, your explanation of it was quite simple and to the point. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah I, think, I think definitely it's quite, it doesn't get too... We don't get much simpler than that. Right. Okay. Uh, so we'll move on then. So is it healthier to be in the black or white area or the gray area, to you guys' opinion? Who want to go first? Um, okay. So I will... I will preface by saying, like, I I only operate in black and white. Uh, me personally, I only, that's what I only operate in. However, I personally believe both have to come into play. They, they can both coexist at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason, my reasoning for that is, one, um, you know, I'm a Christian, and uh, I thoroughly believe that whatever God said is right or wrong is what it is right point blank period right and so if god said no don't do that Mm -hmm. the opposite of what that is is sin so if god even if it's a personal thing he told you to do like hey i don't want you like god told you hey i want you to do this x this certain thing in your life that you can't find in the bible if you disobey god that is disobedience disobedience is sin therefore it is wrong However, there are there are situations as well where there is gray, where, okay, this may be the right thing to do, but how do I go about it? Which is also, okay, if I do this, or then you have to do some, you know, mental gymnastics. Uh, but my oh. firm, you know, but my okay. firm thing is, my firm belief, yeah, honestly, as far as how I operate life, is black and white. It's just like, yo, it's binary, ones and zeros. It's either this or this. And, you know, I think... I personally believe a lot of people do gray area because they want everybody to feel included. They don't want anyone to feel bad or left out. But reality is there are winners and losers. Not everybody get first place. Right. So for me, in my opinion, uh, like him, I do operate in, you know, black and white in my life. Um, But I do think that it's very important to look at those who are left out when you do operate as a black and white. And in my opinion, uh, I went through my Bible today to find a group that I would consider the gray group that was left out. I consider that to be the lepers. You know, they were some good people. They still were good. They just had lepers. And so people just left them out. They just was out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, there were leper camps and whatnot. They struggled. I don't, I don't think that you should save people by operating in a fair term where you accept both black, white, and gray. But I guess operating Operations in certain situations do require us to include the gray area persons. But for me, myself, and I, I believe black is the black and white are the healthiest places to be and they're the least stressful. Right, because it's simple after that, right? You don't have to mentally think of all these other scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's either this or this. Nah. Where you want to go to eat today? I don't know. Pizza? No, no. What is it? I need to know. Right. Like, I need right. to know. Because I remember when I was a young, when I was a kid, I used to look, I used to read the Bible all the time when I was young. And I remember I uh, asked my dad, you know, you come to Exodus and it says, hey, thou shalt not kill. But then you skip a couple chapters ahead and like David just ends Goliath's life. Right, but and, see, and, and but see, so I got you on that. So I see, I get that, right? But see, it's just like that. All in all, is a great, is a perfect example of greater. Right? I got okay. I got a counter argument to that because a lot of people. I mean, for me, if you, and then correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody, you know what I'm saying? Comment below or any wherever this gonna be. You feel me? But like when and when doing my research in that, we don't read the Hebrew or the Greek. We just read 
hey, we're going we to go to the King James. Like, no, what, what does it say in Hebrew, right? And when it talks about thou shalt not kill, the word for kill there is killing without just cause. Okay. So, therefore, like, what was, and then we have to ask, okay, what was the reason, what was the good intent behind killing all those people according to God? They sinned against him. Correct. And then we have to also take into account that God is sovereign. They were uncircumcised Philistines. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We have to take into account that God is sovereign and he do what he want to do and they sinned against him and therefore their cause and and we know that sin must be uh, must be paid for with death. That's that's why Jesus came in the first place. So if they sinned against God that is a just reason for them to die according to a sovereign God. Do we think it's cool to just kill people? Of course not. But you know, you know, I ain't. I ain't I'm gonna say this. Know. I'm gonna say this, and I, I do think I'm. I'm glad for that, because it does take a very acute uh, time uh, to 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 define every single word when it comes to a rule, so that you know what is black and so that you know what is red and you know that what is white, because it's the difference in those words is what helps us understand that they was slightly more innocent in being covered in the blood of Goliath. Um, than I guess uh, what's my boy's name? Uh, he killed his brother, man. I always forget this. Ben Cain and Abel. Ben Cain. Yeah, Abel. them people right there. Them people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I only I only <laughs> ever remember Seth, so I just I forget those two. So when when we look at it, so it's kind of like uh, so like with with David and Goliath. Goliath was kind of like a stepping stone for David to to in his progression to the king. So. Um, one thing for like the gray area because for me i am a gray area thinker i empathize too much is that why you home on gray shorts with no uh, <laughs> i empathize a lot with people not necessarily to please them but i i taking into account i take into account everybody's situation so uh when i when i think about the gray area when i think about black and white uh my issue is i'm too much in the gray area whereas it makes me passive um for me though i think that the gray area is necessary um when it comes to dealing with people i should say because you have the black and white but if we are to so let's say you have someone who does something to you black and white thinking okay they did this all right, bam. That's that's how they are. Cool. I can't I can't deal with them no more. Whereas, if you're thinking in the gray, you may say, okay, they did this. However, I know that I would have done something like that too if it wasn't for this. Or okay, I'm going to forgive them. I'm gonna give them a certain grace, and yeah. I won't just think they're this. I'm gonna think, okay, they may be they may be this. I'm going to think this way and move about it when it comes to like dealing with them does that make any sense i get that i think it's kind of like okay the gray area can to me can depending on how much you're in it i think it's necessary because it kind of includes a certain grace within the gray area i i think it's more so like okay i think the gray area is the place not necessarily of a decision uh, but of deciphering what is like the reason why there is gray is because you're trying to decide 
what is the right of man, right? Yeah, I, I think like I the, think I think gray is is for people the thinking that are process. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you still have to make a decision, right? Like, because like our life is built upon decisions that come from those, those. the the gray that we're trying to separate the right. the, the the both colors from, right? right. I, I there is no like. One like you know like point five is just zero ones and zeros. Okay. Uh, so next is um, how um, so as black so this will be for black and white thinkers. Um, so how have um, you guys defined what is right or wrong as a black and white thinker? And I think we kind of did kind of go over that if if we're thinking as a Christian base. So um, for, when it comes to it. So for me, when it comes to defining right and wrong as a black and white thinker. It's all about intent. Um, I've seen people. I've seen people do things that I would never do uh, without the reason that, that caused them to leap, leap into action. Um, and I guess I have to give an example. Um, I think. I think a very touchy subject. I don't know. It's too touchy. Is it too touchy? This what is it, man? I mean, all right, man. Domestic violence. Okay. okay, elaborate. All right, she said elaborate. See, it's very touchy. See, I saw your face. So, um, I've seen so many situations. Like, I was watching on uh, Twitter the other day, and there was this kid, and then he was just walking down the street or whatever, and, well, and then, you know, of course, it's a big group of children, and this woman hit him, right? Of course, of course, they were arguing and fighting, and it was, you know, by mouth, and then she time I and she and I said when I say she hit that boy, man, she molly that dude. Dog. Not molly wop. Molly wop. And so <laughs> when she molly the dude, he decided to molly wop her. Now, ah, man, everybody else jumped him. Everyone who saw that jumped him. I don't think that was right. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. We in the grave. We like let's decide. Her, his intent. Was self defense off cap? Okay, but hold on, let me right, finish. I, okay, yeah, now, right. now I've seen men hit women in situations where it was completely unprovoked, unprovoked, and undeserving. But I, I, I don't know. That's a situation for me that's very open. Now, of course, I would like to stay out of, out of out of. I'm gonna end my statement right here. Look, out of complete and total respect of a woman as an individual, as a human being. Should you lay your hands on me, I'm going to treat you like any other human being. <laughs> you feel me? But, you know, I am also from Memphis. So. All right. So, kind of, it's kind of like piggybacking off that question. So, um, does a marriage system work in a personal relationship as a black and white thinker? Define it. So, yeah, when it comes to a marriage system, so, it's just like, as humans, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to, we're going to mess up. We're going to do whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And in a personal relationship, if someone who's in a relationship with you makes a decision that ends up not being the best decision, mm -hmm. do you count that in your marriage system as, okay, uh, that's one wrong, and that's like one, all right, no. zero right, one wrong? No, okay. and I got the perfect right, scripture for this. I mean, yeah. I know the scripture, but like... But that's what I'm saying. I that's you. That's a marriage system. No, but yeah. Let me do read. We, do we think it, about that with people in general like oh that's that right or wrong but in a personal relationship do we keep that marriage system so and why not keep it the same amongst everyone go ahead okay y'all look now listen now this ain't the vibe i read up out of on daily it was i like that vibe oh uh, now look now i'm gonna tell y'all this christian mean christ like mm -hmm. christ 
is like God. Mm -hmm. God, Christ, same thing. Yeah. God is love. Yeah. So we are supposed to be love-like. Yeah. I hope you all understand the simple math I just did. In other words, I'm just saying, in other words, you're supposed to invite that. Now, listen, I'm trying to find this here thing. Is it First Corinthians chapter 14? Chapter 13. But I do ah. remember that love remembers no past wrongs. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so naturally, mm -hmm. now, and, and it says love, love hopes all, love bears up under anything and endures that come, endures everything that comes, love's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Love hopes mm -hmm. are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love remembers no past wrongs. So, like, that's difficult in a black and white relationship because yeah. now how do you get out of a relationship if you're not supposed like you know what I'm saying yeah. like if if I can no longer remember past wrongs and you do me wrong you know what I'm saying but honestly you can't marriage systems don't work in a relationship because I'm not going to do that like my girl at home I ain't going to lie to y'all she bought me some Oreos last week okay. it was perfect I was lit I could have gave her one point for that right mm -hmm. but then I woke up was that Thursday was it, no, it, was, it was yesterday. I could not find my slides. I come downstairs, she downstairs, walking around the whole house, and my slides up here ain't that big. I'm just over here walking on cold flow, y'all. No, I'm just saying, look, Tragic. she would have <laughs> lost the point, right? I'm yeah. the marriage system, but love members no past wrongs. So instead, I got her some slides on the way. Maybe she gonna wear my five dress, but she, she, she will. She'll still wear those. I know she will. My daddy told me that. Well, I, just, I just yeah, tried. You had to get over that. It'll at least reduce something. Yeah, you're gonna see them in your clothes and everything. You're gonna be like, not my those clothes. look nice. <laughs> but for real, that's that's that. I think I try to. I read that scripture every day. I read that scripture every day for like a year in my life, because mm. I was really trying to gather that concept. And so, like when I think of that, can you say what what it was what, that caused me to read? It? No, no, no. What scripture was? Scripture. It? First Corinthians chapter thirteen, the whole chapter. Okay. I, I say the whole chapter, but you know you can you can do four through yeah. nine, I think, but. Verses four through nine. That whole chapter. Verses, uh, nine, that whole you chapter. Have a response. Of course. Um, <laughs> Big um, brother. That is that is definitely true. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we have to, but we have to use, if we're going to use scripture, because um, First Peter tells us that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And from the words of Jesus Christ himself, we have Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, that says, Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd or wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove. And... Um, and the and the fact of the matter is, yes, we don't keep records of wrongs, but that doesn't mean we stupid either. Okay. Right. Okay, so because, so me forgiving you ain't like just because I forgive you. Like if you were in a bad relationship and you were abused, since we were talking about domestic violence earlier, oh. right? If I'm if I'm if I was in an abusive relationship or any any woman in an abusive relationship, I'm gonna forgive the man because unforgiveness causes your sins not to be forgiven and as a matter of fact it blocks your prayers so i can i must forgive you as a christian right but that don't mean i gotta get back into the relationship and be abused again so i want y'all to know jesus said don't be a duck all right yeah. a duck i'm gonna just put this out here because i may use this please, term please. throughout this podcast a duck is an in is any individual who commits a set of actions knowing the reaction and then after committing those actions is surprised by the reaction 
I thought that was called stupid. And I also thought a duck said quack. But okay, cool. But no, but no, I'm just like, <laughs> but no, but like seriously, like that. So we have to take into account, like, okay, like for example, if we if we're just to take it even out the out the realm of scripture, I mean you can't because <laughs> Jesus. But like you take it just the way we know science, actual science, is through the scientific method. The scientific method uses uh, re repeated methods over and over again to assess if this is the fact, if this is true. If I drop this ball, will it go down? Show that degree, boy. Come right? <laughs> yep, I was a creative writing major. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, like, it, like, so therefore, yo, I must use past actions to dictate the future. That's literally the whole Bible. The Bible really repeats itself. That's that's a, that's the whole way prophecy even worked to begin with. That's another topic. But yes, you must assess people's actions by what they've done in the past. Boy, and if you they shouldn't have, hold it against them. You shouldn't hold it against them. That's, that's all. That's that's really the bottom line. I love that. Yeah. All right, look at this. Come to a little consensus amongst us. Okay. So I agree uh, a little bit. <laughs> so can we have that same, um, that same thinking outside of the personal relationship with other people? No. You, I think it depends on how emotionally stable you are and if how so much it hurt. The same chapter you read, you. I know it said every person. So that right there does say every person. I am supposed to embody love <laughs> in every person, everything that I do. <laughs> Listen, hear me in all my ignorance now. Uh, but look, well, with that being said, I'm not finna, I'm not finna pass that off into my professional. Well, um, it has to go to everyone. Because I remember asking you said you mentioned about like um, caring about over caring about certain people or things at your job, right? I I have you ever hated your boss? You ever hated a boss? Yeah. Okay, so you can you can hate whoever, but you can't love whoever. See, hold on. And that, and that you can't. <laughs> see, see, you said whoever, but like you know, but see, but if, like if you're going to, I'm so sorry. No, you no, just no, no, no. You need but a like, gavel. If, if it, it has to, it has to be equal on both ends. If you're going to throw all your emotions in the negative side, you have to, you have to say, hey, I can also positively, and mm -hmm. like. Have have some kind of don't positive energy in my defense in the in the positive direction. In my defense, don't, don't in my defense, I'm not gonna say I hate hated my boss, but I will say I, I I did not like the situation we were in at that time, and I had to express. But that according to you, stop. I bet. All right, so <laughs> whole another day. We coming back. Um, Y'all so, already got another episode. Commercial break. Yeah, we uh, we kind of talked about it, but I guess this is more so geared towards me. Okay. Uh, and it was the question is, uh, is he healthy to always overlook a wrongdoing or sign as a great thinker? Um, I'm, I'm going to require you to answer to define the word sign first. So a sign is in quotations in the question. So a sign Ooh. is uh, just like kind of on the sense of what Lache says, like, okay, they just did this. This may be a sign that they may be like this. But am I really going to take it like that's who they are? Or am I just going to be like, okay, I may bring it up later, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to just automatically already assume that that's them. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's like overlooking that. Like, okay, this is a red flag. Am I going to pay attention to this red flag? Or am I like going to pawn on this, bring it up? Or am I going to say, okay, this is a red flag. I'm out. I have received enough information for this conversation to continue. <laughs> I think overlooking is slightly irresponsible at times. Mm -hmm. And if we, like you said, I think we've already discussed this. I think we should go back to that scripture that that gentleman over there 
Coke here from the book of Matthew. <laughs> it's Matthew. His name's Matthew, guys. Boy. Um, so, yeah, Matthew showed us a very powerful scripture about being shrewd, I suppose. And um, I think I think that's required. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going, you can't overlook, if you are a sheep, you can't overlook a coyote. It's not going to work, mm-hmm. right? You, It's not how you survive. I think the most effective way I, I and, and I, you know, being a, I've been in therapy a couple months now, almost a year now. Mm-hmm. It's ineffective to deal with the problem by overlooking it. Yeah, very much. So, I think, I think as a, as a person who's been therapized, I would say that anyone <laughs> who is overlooking an issue needs a little bit of therapy or somewhere to pour their heart out and and really take time to look at what's inside of it. I agree. I think uh, when you overlook issues or overlook problems, I mean, that, that can lead to, like we talked about earlier, domestic abuse or whatever the case may be because you overlook those signs. And it is a little bit deeper. Like, it goes deeper than mm-hmm. that because it could be something that happened when they were young or they have uh, abandonment issues or whatever the case may be. Like, they overlook certain signs that could lead to what they don't want to happen, where it could be separation or uh whatever the case may be like they don't want it to lead to this so they'll overlook that sign to keep things uh to keep their life i guess in their in in a sense like good or comfortable or still content or happy and not make it uncomfortable by paying attention to these signs so i agree yeah um (laughs) simple to the point honestly uh no you should never overlook anything nor should you assume automatically in order again um when we were going over the scientific method the only way you know something is actual fact is if there is a pattern right i mean so therefore um no if if the first time something happens and it's like "Eh, i didn't really like that address it immediately never wait okay because when you do you um you get unsure, you, you, you start overthinking. You're, there's too much thinking going on there. And that's what, and by the time you want to act, it's too late. You got deeper feelings. There's just, you know, it's just a lot that stuff happens. No, you should never just automatically assume, but you never overlook, ask, communicate. You have to communicate so you will be at peace. So you'll know what is actually happening. So you'll know how to assess the situation. Now, you know, so yeah, that's, that's the bottom line. All right. That was good. So that was black and white versus gray area thinking. Um, we're going to go on. Um, I would like to say go ahead. that I have a lot of leftover strife with, for another podcast with Matthew. But other than that, we can continue. <laughs> we'll get to that the next episode. Um, you can call me Mark. So the next one, um, <laughs> we have uh, feelings are facts. And so to describe a little bit about that is how we feel about a certain situation or our feelings uh, are factual. Like, that's how it is or that's how uh, it's going to be. Like, it's going to turn out however we feel it. So we're feeling like what we think is actually factual. Um, so going to that, the, the first question we have is, do we allow our behavioral or emotional mind to affect our, the logical or what is actually real when it comes to thinking like this? Oh my God! So, um, you 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 should never let your emotions overwhelm you, uh, when it comes to making a decision. 
Um, one thing that I found in the past is like I always have to, when I'm met with a great thing, I often find myself doing something to express, to get rid of the, I guess, the pouring over emotion, right? Because, you know, I think, and, and, and let me not say that you don't need emotion to make a decision because your emotions are valid and your emotions need, need they do deserve being uh, expressed. But you cannot make an, an, an a, a, a good decision drowning in emotion. It's not possible. So I found myself when I was younger boxing, I found myself growing up older and my mom pulling me out of sports and whatnot. I found myself writing poetry. I found myself always trying to express myself in those moments so that the cup can stop overflowing with emotion and I can pour a little bit more reason in. Um, and I think emotions can blind a man. And I, I think, I think uh, I, I don't know, I think one of my, my favorite stories was about the 12 angry men and the 12 blind men. And if I, I'm not sure where I read it, but at the end of the story, you find that the both, all 12 men were the same men. Uh, so you 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 gotta keep that in mind. Your emotions can blind you, and they can make you make a poor decision. Mm -hmm. In doing so, it's important that you um, find a way to express yourself with your emotions, man. So I think I think it's a it's a good way to do it. So uh, that's my opinion, though. I just my take. I just I just feel like an emo emotions can invalidate a decision. I've seen so many situations where someone. Just was like they someone was affronted, and they immediately left to the person who affronted them, and uh, things got violent mighty quick because they were filled with, you know, uh, spirits of retaliation, mm -hmm. and uh, that's not always smart. I mean, you know, said person went to jail. It's okay, they're out now. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's a true story. True story. I mean, I'm not gonna be specific. You know. Thank you for your autobiography. But yeah, I was. That's uh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the question was: uh, Do we allow our e behavioral emotions to affect our logic? Yes, sir. Yeah. Do we allow our behavior, emotional mind, to affect our logical, or you know, what is actually real? Yeah, most definitely. Well, I, th I think everyone does that, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> everyone does. Like, we we have our own biases, uh, depending on how we grew up. And we we assess the world through our previous experiences, and each experience we've had has left some kind of emotion attached to that thing. For example, if I go if I go somewhere and I smell uh, like for me, like my grandma always made those salmon patties, right, and rice. Mm -hmm. Every time I think of salmon patties or rice, or I see salmon patties or rice, I'm gonna think of my grandma. When I think of my grandma. I'm happy, right? And so, like, because I like my grandma. So, like, therefore, I have, I have, like, decided that, yo, this salmon and rice equals happiness. That's not logical at all. But, like... It's rice and peas for me, that meal, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we all, um, based on our experiences, attach some kind of emotion to it. Mm -hmm. And, or we choose to be indifferent, which is really a combination of a whole bunch of emotions that you're trying to shove to be emotionless, which isn't real yeah. logical thinking or trying to be indifferent but yeah like we all do that yeah so do we want to consider that type of thinking as unhealthy or is there a certain balance when it comes to including our emotions or our behavior into our thinking our I logical would, thinking oh go. Well, matthew has taken over the, the stand guys <laughs> any anywho um 
uh, that that depends on the situation and again um, what the end result is like for me I'm more so a utilitarianism which a t- utilitarian utilitarianist which means like yo what is the greatest good that's how I usually look um, at stuff yeah but like if it's doing so, you have to ask yourself am I being selfish right now is this if it, is this selfish for me to, if, what am mm-hmm. I thinking only of myself mm-hmm. am I thinking of other people? Um, if you're just always using your emotion to assess a situation, you are flawed. Point blank, period. Not everything requires a lot of energy. You have to assess um, the gray use. area, I yeah. guess. You have to assess yeah, how much energy am I going to actually yeah. put into this? Am I going to seriously blow up because like there are so- somebody's socks is on the floor? Or am I going to have a normal you know, in the energy level of somebody being like, yo, if somebody cut me off in traffic, am I going to really honk my horn 10 times? Am I going to really honk? You know, like, yo, what is the measurement accord- according to the crime that's committed, according to whatever process, whatever the thing is you have to assess? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you know, since we're calling out cliques and Greek philosophers, boy, I think I'm a, I'm more of a stoicist and I think that's a, it's a very, Enlighten, enlighten us, uh, sorry, what, what's a stoic? What's I, a stoic? I, I, think, I think that's a little extreme, but a stoic is an individual who prefers to make, who makes, who strives to live a life without emotion, period. Um, so, uh, a person who strives to make decisions without emotions as well. Um, and it was the cold click of Greek philosophers and I think they were all worth reading. We should, you know, I mean, they copy people, but they're, they're the only documents we got, so them out but anyway um i think i try to take all emotion out of decisions and i do look at utility and uh, uh on all the decisions that i make uh but i do not make decisions with my emotions very rarely do am i feel with emotion enough to do that i try to step away from the situation and analyze it. and if i don't have the time to do that I pull a good Joseph move and just run out of the room uh, because it's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, because, you know, I guess, and I'll tell Coward. you, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, I had a, I had a really bad experience uh, about what, about 10, 10, 10 years ago where I got angry. I allowed myself to, to feel my emotions and I, I, I hurt people that I love and that's not something I ever want to do again. So, uh, you know, I mean, they healed now. You got to yep. Sip you got to jail too, didn't you? Yep. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been in Zuby, but but no. Nah. So we done our real talk. Like I think, I think it's very. From that moment, I think I began to adopt making decisions with less emotion, mm-hmm. and I think, I think, I think I I do appreciate Matthew's desire to uh, include emotion, <laughs> to include emotion. And his decisions, because I've, I've also faced a lot of errors in my leadership, uh, in my meaning my leadership positions, because I do make decisions without emotion, and people appreciate emotion. Um, so, I do think that there is, I suppose, a gray area, but I'm not in it, um, not on this one. So, mm-hmm. um, I believe that it definitely should be the perfect human being would have a balance of emotion and logic when it comes to their thinking. Jesus is the only human being that walked on this earth um, that had that. Um, but he is also God. So, um, But uh, that would be the perfect life. But since we're not perfect, um, uh, it, it, is, um, it is something that just has to be kept in your mind to be intentional about how you are thinking. So, like, um, 
Philippians 4 is like, you know, the Bible tells us to keep our minds on what is true and honorable, right, imperial, lovely, and admirable. So if we keep our minds on that when we are making decisions, we will always, most of the time, we will probably make right decisions. However, um, like uh, Matthew said, um, <laughs> like Matthew said, uh, we are we are going to get angry. We are going to get sad. We are going to experience these different emotions, and depending on our self control and our boundaries, is what we decide to do after that point. Are we going to actually take action? Are we going to actually, you know, um, go forward with how we are thinking, or are we going to process these emotions with our thinking, with our logical thinking, and our and our realist thinking, and then uh, let that contribute to our actions so i think that's where we need to uh like mark said earlier um, <laughs> um about reacting in uh, you know with, 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 with retaliation we call him a you you just gonna be out there oh, is that your luke um, <laughs> i got you luke okay um, with when someone does something to you is it always okay to retaliate you know and that's where emotions come in and but that's when the logic is taken out because you know you have to realize certain positions that you're in isn't worth retaliating, you know. And then he said, "What happened to him? He ended up going to jail." So <laughs> no, because he, of he my beliefs and uh, he he it, 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 it wasn't him. Just disclaimer, it, it wasn't him. It was. he, he did not. I, yeah. I, I made this Bible in jail. Yeah, real talk. Yeah, he he didn't go to jail at all. <laughs> Mark Mark is a good man. Um, but to continue. Um, so going off of like so we're talking about including emotions in our thinking are we allowed to just not know and be okay with it so you know when we feel like okay it's like this but you don't know are we okay with being in that area of be an area of like just uncertainty like you just don't know and be okay with the fact that we don't know oh no I cannot. I must know because I don't believe in operating, especially if we're talking about dealing with people. Right? I don't. I do not agree with not knowing because, again, if we're talking about people, everyone has uh, feelings. Point of clear. Everyone has intent. Everyone has a desire or a want. If I'm going to communicate with you um, to the best of my ability, I must know what those things are. I must know how you feel about X, Y, and Z. I must know how you feel about whatever the decision is we're trying to agree upon or that may affect you in the future even though it has necessarily nothing to do with you right now and it may do do you indirectly you must know these things so if you if you don't get it what you gonna do if i don't get it no i that's not a choice for me honestly for I mean, me i must like if i i have to know in order to make the best decision right if i don't if, if i really just can't find the answer i just have to go with a gut feeling if because I can't if I'm not because half the time if I run to that part then I don't have a logical way to deduce it to make one greater than the other so I have to trust my gut emotional feeling to as, even assess the answer as, if I can't find as that. a as a fan of much economics based literature um, especially that of Mervyn King I do not in any way form or fashion agree with in uncertainty in any way. Uh, I just, there's no way you can make a decision on certainty. You're, not, you're not a risk taker, though. I, yeah, you know you can me. make decisions <laughs> with uncertainty. No, you, well, but, see, like, it's just not, I don't, are, you don't might not agree well, with see, so, so what, do you think, see, what do you think stepping out the, uh, the comfort zone so, is? So, so, hold on now. So, so, what you're saying, this, the question states that yeah. you don't know. 
which means you have total You're uncertainty. That like, not possible. I'm like, telling you, it's, it's the thing. Like, every day I make a decision, <laughs> every day that I make a decision, there is some uncertainty, right? Like, when I set my alarm clock tonight, there is some uncertainty as to whether or not it's going to ring. You get what I'm saying? You need a new phone. Well, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not, I get you. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but but I am so, there is enough certainty that I'm still willing to put energy into setting it and trusting it. By the same token, uh, I think we should see, like, with zero certainty and 100% uncertainty, Jerome is not acting. And now, this is not Mark now. This is Jerome. <laughs> a double-minded man is unstable as all his ways. Kevin Gates. But the thing is, so what? let's think about it like this. <laughs> if if we, we're saying that we're Christians and we're we're striving to accomplish God's will and his purpose for us, yes. if he's telling us to step in a direction that's completely shaded in gray, shaded in darkness uh, that to our eyes, to our understanding, because we don't see what he sees, and we don't know, but he's saying step in that direction, we're not gonna do it because we don't know. But, but see, but see, that's some nervous. I'm gonna give you. Um, so let's just take the the first example of that, Abraham. Abram. Bam. <laughs> if you interrupt, no, fine. so <laughs> let's let before, fam. So let's take Abraham for example, right? Right. It better be Abraham. He, the thing is, we have to the I, the problem. I the only reason I would, I would agree with you, if I believed. That I couldn't trust God. Whenever God t- tells us what he wants us to do, he also tells us, if you believe in God, if you read scripture, there's nowhere in scripture where God says do this without telling people what the reward is. Okay. He will always tell you, hey, right. do this. He may not tell you how it will go, but he'll say, do this and I will give you this. He's a like, But it takes faith to, to, to walk through it. the process. Right. And it, uh-huh. he'll tell you along the way through your obedience what to do next. What's your but the problem, the problem with that is, if I, like most people, they don't believe in the first place. So like, yo, there's a whole bunch of great uncertainty. No, God isn't uncertain. That's therefore, I believe there's no way in which you should just. Not, if you are a praying believer mm-hmm. and you talk to Jesus, and Jesus talk back because He always is talking to us, there's no way you should just not know. Nothing. God is not the author of confusion, which means, therefore, he's always going to let you know this is the reward. This is what I want for you. Do this. You may not know how to get there all the way, the whole uh, blueprint, but he definitely going to give you the finished product before you get there. Mm -hmm. David knew he was going to be king while he was a shepherd. Right. He knew his destiny. He didn't know how he didn't know he had to kill a, a giant. He didn't know he had to run away from Saul. He didn't know all of that. And majority of the time, God doesn't tell us that because if we knew the suffering we had to go through, we probably wouldn't do it anyway. Okay. That's where the faith comes in. Mm-hmm. But God is always going to tell you what the end product is. And if you trust him, then there's there's always going to be some certainty. Therefore, I don't believe in just not knowing. I will stuff. say this. Okay. This is what I'm going to say. Fair right. Answer. And I'm going with Abram. Not Abraham. Yeah, he don't he don't like the one who got blessed. He he, he he's sticking no. to the curse, I see. No, no, no. He's sticking to the pagan. Listen, if you is in the city of Ur, we're going to call it Memphis. (laughs) (laughs) You in Memphis and you got all your stuff, your money, your daddy rich, your daddy's brother's rich, daddy's friends rich. I I just swore I heard stuff too. But no, if everybody around you wealthy, 
and you eating, you ain't got nothing to worry about. And then God said, hey, leave all your possessions and head in that direction. And let's say he was pointing toward, I don't know, Mississippi. You know, ain't too much in Mississippi right now. Oh, You're just kind of flat. I'm from, so I was born in Greenville. It's okay. But, uh, but anywho. We're in Mississippi now, so. Ah, right. So look, <laughs> anywho, if he say that, it's kind of difficult to just get up out of a comfortable chair sitting in front of a 90-inch TV with your lovely stuff and all your stuff to go out into the humid humidity with some, you know, new woman you just met mm -hmm. uh, who had a name that wasn't finished. Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't like the way it was spelled originally, but it's okay. This is my, this is my opinion, you know. But uh, if, you know, you just go, you just get up and go. It's kind of difficult to do that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's possible. That's why God considered him righteous by his faith. So right. what you're telling me is... Do you think that... Okay. All right, it's a wild question, but I don't know. You know what? It's, I'm not even... No, no. It, All right. The Do you think right. that when God picks a prophet, mm -hmm. does he pick... I know we're getting way off topic. Does he... Is the, the person that we read about, is that person the first person he asked? God talks to everyone. I would imagine. There are only a few people that answer. Abram, um, Abraham, right? Now, I do know he came from the line of, like, as far as... He came appropriate. He was appropriate. Like, he, I mean, as far as, like, you know, if we're going to go to genealogy and, and all yeah. that. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. But, um... No woman, no both. We are all chosen for a specific task or duty. Okay. All right, right Matthew. Right. So, like, you only there's there the reason you're here because there's an aspect of God that only you can produce, I'm and you it. are called only to that specific person uh, purpose, right? Right. And and you must fulfill that before you die. Right. Well, you know, you know, you should. And now we look at Abraham because we, you know, well, that's a big story in the Bible, and we like, yo, that's very special. All of our lives are very special, and depending on how much we want to grow. And, and do multiply the talents he's given us, okay. he'll increase those things, uh -huh. right? But um, no, we are all chosen by God to do something major that we cannot think of. I ain't gonna lie, this wine, but makes we don't me answer. Give, this wine is making me give you ad-libs, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I, wow. um, You're spitting over there, sir. I, and I agree. Um, and I'm gonna say this, but we're gonna move on. I'm just yes. gonna say it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with that, but I also think that you know, we know that his will is going to be done regardless. Of course. Okay. So it's like, if that person who, you know, he touches, he's, and then he touches all, it's like, you're destined to do this. And they're like, nah, forget that. I'm going to do this. Okay. Well, you're going to do this. It's like Saul and David. You know, like, you're going to do this. Oh, you just, okay, well, then you're going to do this. You know, so it's like, I think that's like, you know, it's like. I do. That's a good point. I will, so we're going to cut it. We're going to cut it right there. Ah! <laughs> is that enough? Looking deeper within, you know, our feelings, which I'm pretty sure, you know, we're, we're all going to have the same answer. Can we trust, can we fully trust our own feelings when it comes to our feelings being factual? No. I don't think so. Depends on the feeling. Depend on, it depends on the feeling. Because, you know, some people is like, okay, I have, I have set up through my life experiences, all this has happened, which incorporates to who I am now. So if I feel like it's this, Based off previous experiences, it's going to be like this. 
So it's saying, can we trust that even though we've been through it? Can we really trust that feeling? You know, like, this is a difference between, you know, all right, you get a feeling of fear when you're looking over a cliff. Like, if I fall, I'm going to die. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's a true, like, that's a true feeling. Like, that's probably going to happen, you know? But it's like, when, it, when you know, the, the thing that we, there's, where there's always a variable is people. Because sometimes you never know what they're going to do, but sometimes you can. So it's like, can we really truly trust our feelings when it comes to that? Feelings. So, um, uh, <laughs> so, so deep in my feet. So I think, um, honestly, um, no. I think this comes to the point of uh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I, my, 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 my counter with that is if we're going to trust in anything, it needs to be the voice of God. Okay. And there's multiple yeah. ways of doing that if for a practical approach to hearing God's voice. One is word. The only way you're going to know what God sounds like when he speaks to you directly is knowing what he already said because God's word does not change. Mm-hmm. And when you are in a relationship with God um, and you have read a lot of things about God. For example, you have you ever like talked to someone that you talk to all the time? It could be your parent, your parents. Some uh, your, your close friend or whatever you say something and before you've already heard their response you already know what they're going to say and you might you can probably do it while they're saying it he gonna say and then y'all both say that jump together right mm-hmm. the same way is, is applied to the holy spirit should we ultimately just 100 percent like like disney follow your heart absolutely not because uh, there's, that's where heartbreak comes from right mm-hmm. our, we, if we're going to assess a situation and we really don't know and we and we just going off the rip. We have to um, ask, okay, what has God said before about this scenario? Is there anything from Scripture that I can look to to turn to in regards to this? If not, what is close to that realm? I'm gonna give you a prime example. There's nothing. Um, uh, uh, there's nothing in Scripture in relation in relation to uh, tattoos, right? Because there's no, there's nothing in scripture about tattoos, but there are there, and we have to look. The only talk place where it talks about marking, uh, forgive me, forgive me, I'm, I'm going off the rip. But it's in, it's in the, it's no, it's in the Old no, Testament. It's it's in the book of and where all Daniel, you're, you're it's, it's Leviticus. It's in Leviticus, right? Where they're talking about, about different um different laws, yeah. right? It says don't make any markings on your body for the dead. Right. So it's saying do not engrave anything on your body that is paying homage to a dead person. Now, now, if that so now I must argue, Okay, what if I'm just putting SpongeBob on my arm? Right. So now is that sin? Now that we have to because according to the context, it says what do not make homage to the dead via putting marks on your arm. So like you have to you have to go back to scripture on what is God actually saying in this specific scenario and therefore assess is that related to this masturbation for example is not necess- is not in the Bible mm-hmm. it's not that you don't, the, there's only one instance of masturbation but it was talking about something completely different about impregnating uh, religious laws and stuff like that right there's nothing about that right but then we all but we do have Jesus who said if you look upon a woman with lust You've already already committed adultery. So if I am watching pornography, Mm -hmm. therefore, this is sin. This is related to lust in my heart. Am I doing this in the intent of um, gratifying my flesh or myself? Is this to gratify or worship my flesh 
if God looked at me, if my mama was in the room, would I do the same thing? And if the answer is no, like, I mean, like, if you, like, if you're not going to do it, if the, if God was right there, if the, if you saw angels in the room, would you do that same thing? If I was used to seeing If angels. you, if, no, no, that means you, you clearly don't care and <laughs> you need Jesus. But like, you know, we have, that's, that's really the, that's really the bottom line with that. We have to talk to Jesus. That's really it. So I, you so, 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 I mean, just refurbishing the question is like. Do you know, can we trust our own feelings? Is that the question, of course? My answer is no. Um, and the reason why is I feel like I, my first emotion all, all the time is very uh, carnal. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Jesus. Yeah, no. Well, see, well, it's like I'm a, I, I come from a very violent line of persons. Yeah, jail. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Keep going. I'm just being honest with you guys. Uh, my, you know, and so expressing myself without being, you know, violent is kind of difficult. I had to teach myself, for example, and I, and I think, you know, I, I did have family. One side of my family is nonviolent, the other side is my family's violent, so it's kind of weird. But I've learned over the years to like balance that, and it's like it's difficult because every time my first thought is, you know. It's very carnal, and you have to channel that. I don't think, I don't think my emotions those that night, and I do directly, you know, associate that to my limbic system, which is being out of my emotions, and all those other things. That excuse me for being a little bit neurologically adept. Boy. I know a little it's bit. It's okay. Just some people may have got lost right there. Hey. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just, I just think, I just think, you know, I just think my emotions, my emotions, Jerome's emotions, mm-hmm. Mark's emotions. Uh, you know, I, if I could be an Old Testament person, Joseph's emotions cannot be uh, trusted. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I do not trust my emotions. I will, I will go at great lengths to ensure that I control them. And that's good. I think that's what the basis of what we're saying is. You know, and what should be is that we we shouldn't trust our own our own feelings, even though sometimes it may be seen as a defense mechanism or like I don't, I don't, I've been through this before. It's probably gonna end up like this, so I know it's gonna end up like this type deal. We we want to kind of go away from that because sometimes you don't know, and uh, sometimes I hurt us in the end. So um, moving off of that, um, our last topic for today is mind reading. So to kind of go into what mind reading is. Um, it's basically if you're dealing with someone and it's certain situation happening and you're like, they're going to respond like this or they're thinking this or they're feeling like this. So I'm going to base my thoughts or my reactions or my actions, um, based off of that fact that I know they're thinking like this. I know they're going to feel like this. I know they're going to do this. So I'm going to do this, uh, because I know that. So that, that is mind reading, that reading their mind. You're not giving them a chance to react you're not giving them a chance to show what they're going to say or what they're going to think or whatever the case may be we're just taking that choice away from them so um do we believe that uh, you know do we believe our actions are controlled by what we think of someone else rather than hearing that person out now i'll say the question again do we believe our actions are controlled by what we think of someone else rather than hearing that person out so 
So basically, you want me to? Okay, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think. Oh, I think is it a mix of both? I I don't know. I I think, I think it's more related to what I think of someone else. Honestly, mm. I think my perception is more has more to do with the way I treat someone than who they really are. Mm-hmm. And I think if anything, I can go toward I can be a little historical and take myself out of myself. But you know, let's go to talk about racism, for example, xenophobia. Even mm-hmm. you know, I explain what that is. Before. So xenophobia is a fear of culture. Okay. Uh, for example, and uh, I think uh, some people. Well, I was out. It's a funny story. I was on my way to work. Um, it was eleven o'clock. Well, not, it was like nine p.m. Um, most people don't go to research facilities at nine p.m., but I was going to research facility at nine p.m. for a particular experiment. It was overnight, and in doing so, I, being a black male, was wearing. You know, clothes. I had just finished hooping, y'all. Just being plain and simple. Mm-hmm. It's also it's sophomore year, and I walks in there. I'm gonna get out of my car, walk up, and out of the doors comes a, a, a Caucasian female, uh, easily forty years old, and she sees me. And she kicks off her heels and makes a bolt to her car. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, so, wow. so her perception of me. Um, calls her to react in that manner, right? Run, right, right, run. <laughs> um, so uh, her perception of me called that reaction. It wasn't who I am or what I do right. or anything of that nature. Um, so I think in, in turn, I've been in situations where I've seen someone and, uh, for example, I'm, uh, it was, uh, there was a time where, you know, I'm in an organization uh, where there's not too many people that are not black. And... Uh, I met a person who claimed to be a member of this organization and said the individual was Hispanic. And I was like, what? But, you know, of course everything checked out. But my perception of him uh, disabled my my ability to just meet him with a full open arm. You know what I'm saying? Because he just did not meet the, the, I guess, my expectation. We should have have one on expectations. But... My expectations were not met with, you know, he didn't fit that frame. And so everyone has a frame. Everyone has a frame. And I think we should always be op- more open-minded. Mm-hmm. So one of my best characteristics, guys, is being closed-minded. So, okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh, um, In regards to the frame, and before I answer the question is, um, that's how the brain works. Like, um, we do have, like the brain does cheat codes. So we won't have to focus on literally every aspect of Everybody. our senses, right? right? So like, it, it don't. I, I wouldn't. I would encourage people. Don't feel bad that like, yo, if you see a black, white, Hispanic person, you automatically think this because we have a media, we have the people we met in real life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, your brain is trying to quickly assess if something is safe or dangerous yeah. at all times. That's how our the, the primitive part of our brain where it operates. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I we would we just have to consciously um, uh, be mindful of um, our higher brain that tells us, hey, not everything is the same. But if we just talk about instinct, that's just what it is, and that instinct usually field upon our this our past uh, scenarios that we've been in that have emotion tied to that, right? So then going on to the topics, but um, 
uh, do our actions to control us um, when we're talking to people. Um, yeah, because like that's just like for example, if like my friend walks in through the door, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, what's up, bro?" I don't, you know, if you know Obama walk in, "Hello, sir." You know, so like I'm a, I'm a like, I mean, I might try it. I'm on. I might get scared or whatever because my expectation of him is this is a professional. You know, uh, he, this was the pr the president at one time. I'm gonna do this X, Y, and Z. Um, we shouldn't though. We shouldn't um, assess automatically because we know how somebody will react. Mm -hmm. um, as more and closer to the topic mind reading, we shouldn't do that necessarily and take that right for them. Uh, when we're not really taking it from them, we're cheating ourselves, right? Because you never know right. how somebody would True. actually react for real. Yeah. And, and and the only way you will you that communication. My big thing is always talk, communicate. You don't know until you fully know what they're thinking and it's people and if usually if you like communicate well have to, i guarantee you if you're trying to react to someone based on how you think they are you will always lose the full intent of what you're feeling every time because you're always trying to uh, manic uh, manicure and try to fix stuff up and you will lose how you really feel in the process you my my my, my you always want to go in they're my, my personal opinion you always want to go in um just just be real open 100 and if you're presenting yourself in a certain way that's not aggressive or that's shutting their opinion down maybe they'll hear you out if y'all are two adults talking about a situation hey you know what i understand why you feel like that you know what that's normally not how i do or think but since you've put it that way that makes sense let's try it that's just with relationships with um, girlfriend, boyfriend, friends, uh, anything. You you cannot just automatically jump in because we know about we know the saying about assumptions, yeah. right? So we can't we can't do that. We simply can't do that. Yeah, and I think you know, kind of putting in a, a scriptural, for you know, term that's just like Paul and the disciples. You know, uh, disciples known him as a Christian killer, basically, mm -hmm. and so. They're already reading him like, nah, nah, he ain't it. Like this ain't it. Like we, we know this of you, so you can't, you can't be where he's like, I changed, baby. That ain't me no more. I mean, he had to, you prove, I mean, he had to prove himself though, yeah. right? Like you don't like the but, next day. That's the saying. Like, oh, know, I'm good now. Like, no, we're, you need we're not evidence. hearing that person out. We're not, you know, giving right. him. We, they didn't give him that chance. You know, they 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 automatically like no. You know, in their mind, they're like, "Got to be somebody else." Right. You know, um, I think, and and I think this has always been my my personal view, but I've always thought water was kind of like the Holy Spirit, um, because water is everywhere, whether it be in the air or actual water or ice. There's no place on earth without water. Um, with that being said, if water were to be the meeting of a person, if water were to be continuously rushing against the shore and the shore being yourself and then you developed you had you you like water from this direction but then you built a wall from this direction you would restrict the fish or the crab or whatever shrimp that would come from that potential direction and you would just uh, alleviate yourself from the potential good from that whole side of the earth That's good. and that is that is what you should not do you should always be open-minded when it comes to meeting people so basically i want to make sure i got this right so basically if we don't take if we say hey Drone we one, if we, yeah because i was like boy you, <laughs> i'm still close-minded it's okay this, i'm still close-minded so right. basically you're saying is if we reject one form of an individual we don't 
we can't receive the full gift of that person. Correct. Okay, thank you. Because I was like, fam, you I'm still close minded. Existential journey. Like, what? I, I was like, like I get, I get the water in the sand. Well, let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all. Since I've started, since since I don't know, I think I've been growing slightly more open minded every year since college started. And it's just, you know, so now I'm out of college and I got to find a reason to be more open-minded. You but, can find one in about six, six months, six, seven months. Uh, <laughs> while y'all playing, it's fine. Well, there we go. Sure it is. Five months. Um, so, we're going off of that, you know, so when we do mind read, does it all, you know, is that always a bad thing? Though? Yes. Yo, yo, no, yo, no, no, I can't say that. Because see, generalizations are good. For people who do public speaking. And so mind reading, you don't have, there's no There's just evidence. nothing. There's just no, there's nothing. Okay. Yeah. So cause mind, like, yeah, cause the assumption is something that, that, that is made before you arrive at the situation. Yes. All right. All right, cool. I was making sure yes. I had a definite. Because, yeah. like, for me, no. And in that case, then, like, always mind reading, no. Because, again, your water analogy you may block you may block something even for example i was like i like doing lift sometimes because it's it's just fun to talk to random people the why the so i was driving for lift to make me make a clear clarification here um the dude behind me like i mean the dude in the in the car was just like i assessed him based upon how he dressed how he looked everything right and then i started talking to him he i was playing gospel music and he was he started singing along and started tapping on stuff. And then I found he was a music musician. He was always in church, blah, 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 stuff like that. And then I realized the person I envisioned him to be, based on how he looked and, and you know, smelled when he walked out of the car, I, I automatically say, yo, this is the person here. But it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I could have formed a deeper conversation with him earlier than later on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I don't think it's right to just automatically assume. I don't. Yeah, something's a bad man. It's okay. My mom used to say you make a donkey out of you and me. But of course, I'm trying to refrain from using the actual word. Yeah. yeah. But I like how you say I'm going to refrain from using this word specifically that we all know. We're going to make sure that everyone knows the word. But I'm not going to say it, though. Of course. You yeah, might as well that's just how you do it. It's called okay. sarcasm. So anyway, so what's the next question, bro? What's the, what's the... <laughs> he's, 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 okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. Does mind reading always end up bad? Is it the one we just did? You just did that. All right, excuse yeah. me. What does it mean to capture our thoughts before they turn into action? Oh, my God. It's my favorite question. I'm going to answer that. They do read the question. All right. Okay. Yeah, no, I read it, and then I'm going to Either answer it. You've been waiting on this question. I have. So, listen, y'all. One of my favorite things that I've always said, man, I said people, when they graduate high school, they become the whispers in their head. And I don't think people recognize what that means. You know, when you think when you when you're met as a child and you're met in certain situations and your parents restrain you from a certain area of life, you say to yourself, I'm going to do this one day or I'm going to do that. But you say it to yourself. But once you graduate high school, those things that you kept bothered in, you, 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 you launch yourself at them. And so it's like to capture your thoughts before they turn to actions is the concept of m managing what is inside of your heart at all times and I, I think there's nothing else that I can say but guard thy heart for out of the close the issues of life and you know that is very important and, and that goes into the music that we listen to that goes into mm -hmm. the people that we're around that goes into the environments we're in the ways we express ourselves that grow that go that's such a very interconnected 
subject and it's very possible to lose sight of it but without managing the the the, the issues of your heart you're incapable of really doing much of a, that we've discussed in a more correct manner right right so i think i think this is this is one thing i've always you know as you develop yourself pay attention to the things that you think in your head you know because i it's it's important it really is it truly is I um yes two uh two scriptures excuse me come to mind um um uh be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then uh the scripture being um bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ um and a lot of us a lot especially men I was literally um I was at a gas station. I have two examples, but this first one here is basically like I was in the gas station. This lady, she was wearing like some very uh, tight tights, right? Mm -hmm. She was she just came from the gym or whatever, running. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, when you first as a man, when you first see that, I mean, your eyes automatically like what? And then 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 afterwards, you're like, Jesus. Okay, (laughs) let me let me revert my eyes back. Onto my purpose and destiny. Right. <laughs> let me let me let me look at her face, right? Or at least not look at her at all. Mm-hmm. I was watching the guy in front of me that was just like, yo, he he was doing triple, quadruple takes at the lady, right? She finally leaves and like, and I I like I like messing with random people. I said, mm-hmm, I see you. And she's like, man, you know, man, you know, I'm a man, you know. <laughs> and so like, and so we have to ask ourselves like, yo, like I mean, I understand like looking at women is one of those a, a thing that we all do because i mean we're men and we like women and for those that are heterosexual right that's just that's what you do if you see something nice you look at it mm-hmm. but at what point are you going to fantasize and whatever and like it, there it is possible to capture your thoughts it is possible to restrain yourself from fantasizing and committing adultery in your heart and it is and we know it's possible because scripture, who is which is inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us that uh, think on these things, things of good report, the things that you mentioned earlier um, in the podcast. So therefore, we can take thoughts and capture them. Like if I don't, like we, we've all said, I don't want to think about that right now. We've made a decision. I don't want to think about that. I'm going to think on something else. Mm-hmm. What it is, is we don't want to stop thinking. We don't want to like... We usually, if it's like, yo, I can't do it or it's difficult, it's because we don't actually want to. And we have to starve that part of us. So capturing your thoughts before they turn to actions simply means stop thinking about it. Because anything you focus on grows. Anything that you formulated in your mind, you will do. I will say, Um, if I can, hold on one second. Hold on. Go ahead. Is it quick? If, no. if you you can re, you can replace things, I don't think you can stop yourself from thinking, but no, you can no. definitely replace it. Of course, of course. So I, I just wanted that to be said. I think uh, I, I think about science. It's definitely important to to capture our thoughts, and I think we need to do more than, uh, of course, capture them before they turn into actions. But I think a part of finding out who you are. And finding your identity is knowing how you think, uh, because when you control, when you have a control over your mind, that that really is renewing your spirit. As you know, that's that's how we are supposed to live as Christians. We're supposed really to constantly renew our minds. Anyway, um, 
So capturing our thoughts is really understanding who we are. So when you know your thought processes, then you know, okay, I know I'm gonna think like this. So one, what may what what when when this happens, when this situation happens, this is how I feel, this is my behavior, this is how I'm thinking. Why is that? Okay, so I'm thinking like this, this is what I wanna do. Is it really helpful for me? If it's not helpful, okay, how can I reframe that? And that's what he was saying, replacing. How can I reframe that thought? Because I don't think like to stop thinking about it is is a solution, but I don't think it's it the healthiest solution. I don't think stopping stopping is not possible. I, I think the only solution is to think about something else. Yeah, there's uh, no stopping. But sometimes we have to challenge. We have to face our thoughts head on because we don't. If we don't, like we're just it's still on. It's gonna constantly happen. So it's like we. I think that we need to start reframing those thoughts and like even if it's just. Started like started small and going big. You're 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 training your mind to think, to reframe, to like, okay, this is my initial thought. Is this really helpful? Is this like how I'm trying to live? Is this really where I'm trying to go? You know, sometimes we can be ignorant and be like, hey, hey, I'm gonna do it anyway. But it's like capturing those thoughts and it's like, okay, I am trying to be like this. I am trying to be better in this area. I'm trying to do this. I know I did this last time. It really didn't turn out well for me. So here I go trying to. I'm thinking about it again. Uh, let me not like because of this or let me not and you're reframing how you think so I think that's for me that's what it means to capture our thoughts before they turn into the action is um, understanding the thought is really diving into your thinking process your cognitive thinking and figuring out your your process of that with your behaviors what you feel and everything like that now, uh, one simple thing I think a practical way of doing that uh, would be in the in the midst of going to whatever place to commit that action with uh, or on the way of doing whatever it is you're trying to do um two things uh, somebody told me to ask yourself two things one first of all why am i doing this mm -hmm. and then is it worth it that even if you're not christian i mean a lot i mean both all three of us are you know like the bottom line is uh, we can we can all take away. We're I'm only like we want to give scripture uh, for those that do follow the word, but also just good advice for those that may not be saved. Right, and like we we want to just if the main thing is why, and is it worth it? And yeah. usually, no matter what you believe, you can assess the correct decision after that. Right. Why, and is it worth it? And if not, then you know it's not the right decision, even though. You, you know, your anger, your lust, your sadness is convincing you and over uh, charging you with emotion. If you can answer those with a why and is it worth it, then do it. If you can't give a definitive, straightforward answer, if you can't do it in one sentence, and you got to explain stuff, you probably lying to yourself. But yeah, that's all I said. Anything else you want to add, Mark? Uh, you know what, man? I think we should keep the nicknames going. I was kind of like, <laughs> I think it's kind of creative. But I do want, I do want to, you know, emphasize the point of Matthew over there. Yeah. This is this is not for Christians. It's not for men. It's just for introspection. Like a good way to have introspection. Like we fail this. Um, we fail ourselves by not appropriately understanding our own thoughts and our own desires. And I, I, I got friends, I tell them all the time, you know, I have a friend, she's concerned with, I guess I'm gonna use the word, being too adventurous. And I tell her, 
what do you want to do? And she acknowledges what she wants to do. Do you think it is wrong? She acknowledges that it is wrong. Well, you can do it now if you believe you have no shame about it. But just know that it's wrong, right? Because I feel like I feel like some people just really walk around here telling themselves that the wrong thing that they're doing is right or it's okay. Yeah. It's just strange. if you're going to do wrong, know it is wrong. Know it is wrong and do wrong and it's okay. It's not. It's not okay. They'll don't grow out of it eventually. It'll grow out. They'll grow out of it. They'll grow out of it eventually. No, don't be dis- desensitized to your to, to your foolishness. No. Read like, Mark, okay, not Matthew. Oh wow, wow. It's short and to the point, man. It's we, pretty. we we don't want to get comfortable in our mess. That that is something we uh, want to grow. But the point and and to to kind of pick it back up. We of, want to genuinely uplift you yeah. out yeah. of that fecal bovine excrement that you are sitting in. All right, kill <laughs> you know, The piggyback, like like you're saying, is is bringing up those those conversations that's not normally brought up in normal conversation. Is kind of uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call these uncomfortable conversations, but I'm gonna say they're uncomfortable because it's not common. So uh, we bring these up to challenge thinking to to understand different thinkings, and of course we're framing it off of scripture because like. Matthew said, "We are Christians. Um, however, we 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 just want to put things like like you said in introspection, um, put this perspective and just placing it out there, just in case you've never heard it before." Um, but I subscribe believe, to our channel, like. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. As uh, my 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 colleague, well, not colleague anymore because we've all graduated now. Welcome, Lord. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. Um, yes. Please like, share, subscribe, all that. Um, we appreciate you listening, and uh, catch us next time. Yep.